We're going to turn in our Bibles, if you have them, to James, James chapter 5. Turn in our Bibles to James chapter 5. It's a blessing to see you here. Always good to see people in the house of the Lord. Familiar faces, new faces. We love you all. Amen. Amen. You know, this is the culmination of what we've been doing for the, uh, the month of February. So we have been fasting um, every Wednesday in February. Since the 1st of February now, it's the 22nd of February already. We've been fasting. And I want to just talk briefly about that, about why we're doing that, uh, what we should expect um, and how we should see the future. But it's been a blessing to be able to do that because what we're saying is, is like, God, we need you more than we need food. We want to prioritize you above the basic need. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, when you're fasting, you know, you, 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 you realize how easy it is to put food into your mouth. You realize that every time you just go to the kitchen to put quick something, something. Sometimes you catch yourself and say, oh, I'm fasting, I can't put that in there. You know? And it's so easy that we want to put that in there, but we're saying, no, we're setting that aside today and every Wednesday in February to say, God, we need you more than we need food. So we want to speak about that today and we want to unlock uh, the supernatural power uh, that our Father has in this place. You know, as I was thinking about this, as, as I was pre- preparing for this uh, uh, sermon, I was reminded of a time at work that I accidentally let something slip. Um, I accidentally let something slip that I could bake. Now, uh, you know... I, I, I don't know what we were talking about. It just happened. Uh, people were speaking about stuff, and, and, and I said I could bake. I could bake. I've baked. I've baked maybe a couple of times in my life. Uh, uh, cheesecake, uh, um, all this kind of stuff. But the best thing was brownies. I don't know if anybody knows about brownies. And so if you're fast, I'm talking about food, and you're getting your belly stuff. It just is what it is, okay? Brownies. And we were discussing brownies, and they were talking about oh, whose brownies are the best and all sorts of things, and all sorts of uh, uh, um, things came up about who puts what in certain brownies. There was one guy that says, I put a, a weed in my brownies. I was like, no, thank you. I don't want none of that stuff, please. God bless you. You keep that to yourself. Amen. But for me, I was like, yeah, I, you know, I make my brownies in a certain way. They're nice and gooey and so on and stuff like that. And, and as we started to discuss, they said, okay. Can you bring some of these brownies in? I was like, okay, cool. All right, we'll do this. Um, and the next day came in and I had baked some brownies. I left one at home and, and I brought one to work as well. And when I came into work, everyone was all shocked and surprised. I came in, it's like, you actually bought brownies? And I was like, you asked me to bring brownies. So they said, you actually brought brown? I said, well, you asked me. This went back and forth for a couple of minutes. And then I just had to say, well, what did you expect? You see, because and the reason why I made that loose link is because sometimes we ask for things and we have no expectation that we'll get the things we ask. Sometimes we just ask in vain. Sometimes we just ask because, you know, it's, a, it's the right thing to do. I'm going to ask well, what did you expect? I don't want to talk to you about a sermon of entitled, what do you expect? Because prayer is not a new thing. Dare I say under the sound of my voice, if I say to you, pray, pray or prayer, it is not a new thing to you. You understand what prayer is. You understand prayer is coming before God. You understand prayer is praising God, worshipping God, but you also understand that sometimes prayer is asking God for some things. Can you say amen in this place? 
Sometimes you understand that prayer is coming before a God, a heavenly father that loves you and you are petitioning, you are asking God for something. But the problem is sometimes we come asking God, not expecting him to do a single thing. Let's be honest now. Sometimes we come before God as out of a formality to say, yes, I know I should pray. Yes, I should try this. But the expectations are not there. I want to look with you in James chapter 5. The Bible says here in verse number 13, it says, Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Here, and we like this verse here, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And this is the verse I absolutely love in this scripture. It says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. And he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. What do you expect? Now in February, we've said it's fasting February. We went without food every Wednesday. If you joined us, God bless you. Uh, if you didn't join us, uh, well, don't worry, we'll do it again sometime. But if you did join us, we went without food every Wednesday for the entire month. Well, what did you expect to happen after this? When I called this in January, I didn't call this because I just don't like food. I didn't call this because I just wanted to tick a box to say, yes, we fasted as a church. We can tick that off our calendar. No, I expected some things to happen after February. Now, let me just bear with, bear with me as I tell you what I expect to see after we've humbled ourselves before God this month. I expect us to see people come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I expect to see people who are bound in addiction, freed from addiction in an instant. I expect to see people who have never set foot in a church before suddenly be drawn to a church, suddenly be drawn to the presence of God. I expect people to come here and there won't be room enough for them to sit down. I expect to see lives changed. Young people, old people, white people, black people. I expect to see families. I expect to see single people. I expect to see people leave the prison that's not far from Preston Road and find themselves here saved in their right mind. I expect to see drug addicts set free. I expect to see prostitutes living clean and living right. I expect to see people rise up and say, God, send me to the nations. I want to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I expect to see people healed from sickness and disease. I expect to see families built up together where they were on the rock, marriages restored. I expect to see the name of Jesus Christ raised. Who else has these expectations in this place? I don't, I don't miss food just for the fun of it. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, I expect to tap into the power of God. The expectations I have are large because I serve a large God. 
I expect to see that where the gospel is preached, lives are changed. I expect to see, as Paul said, the kingdom of God is not just in word only, but in power. And I so expect to see that. And the question is, what do you expect? If you've been joining with us in prayer, in fasting, what do you expect to see in the next coming weeks and months? What do you expect to see this year? Because I don't want to leave 2023 the same. I want to look back as we cross over, we celebrate 2024. I want to look back at 2023 and say, dear God, look what God has done. Have testimony after testimony. I expect to see this. In our text, Bible says uh, that Elijah was a man with nature like ours. Now, you've, if, you, if, you, if you're a student of the Bible, if you've been to church any time, you, know, you would have come across this scripture many, many times. But I love this because it encourages me so much. You know, because sometimes we look at the Bible, we see the superheroes of our faith and we think these are extraordinary beings. We think these guys, they don't go to the toilet. Come on now, they don't burp, they don't fart, they do none of that stuff. Come on. We say these guys, they don't have no downfalls, they don't have no issues. But I love the fact that he says, no, Elijah, the great man of God that he was, the one that called down fire from heaven and fire lipped up the water, the one that uh, uh, carried on in in, in the power of God, that man, it says, he was a, a like nature like ours. In other words, he got tired like we do. He got hungry like we did. Sometimes he had to battle with fear like we do. Sometimes he had to battle with temptation like we do. Sometimes he had to battle with oh, oh anger sometimes like we do. He had to battle with doubt sometimes like we do. But he says, him, that man, he prayed, and for three and a half years, no rain. I will look firstly with you at expectation. Now, all of these three words, they all end in shin, but they help you remember, hopefully. The first one is expectation. Because Elijah was a man that had expectations. Elijah was a man that expected things to happen as a result of him talking to God. In our, in our, in our scripture, it talks about that he prayed for three and a half years. Well, before that, in 1 Kings 17, the actual account is referring to him. Look at 1 Kings 17 and verse number one. This is Elijah talking. This is him speaking. It says, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall, be, there shall not be dew nor rain three years except at my word. Here's a man that stood up in front of people and said what's going to happen before it happened. Here's a man that stood up and said, listen, I'm going to pray to my God who I stand in front of. And at my word, there's going to be no rain until I speak again. This hadn't come to fruition yet. He hadn't seen that yet. In fact, people thought, please, that's not going to happen. But that's exactly what happened. There we see a man who has expectations, who can boldly say, listen, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to speak and God is going to move. Sometimes we need to take, we need to let our faith have that type of expectation when we pray. We need to pray, not hoping, thinking, oh, is this going to work? Let me just roll the dice. No, we need to pray with an expectation, thinking that, listen, I'm a child of God. 
I can come, the Bible says, boldly to the throne of grace and have mercy in a time of need. We should go and have that expectation. Whatever we pray for, whenever we pray, we should pray boldly. We should believe what we pray, believe what we speak. That's why I'm confident in what I just said before. That's why I'm confident why I can stand up before and tell you my expectations. Listen, we haven't seen it yet. Listen, there's still space beside you in these chairs right now. It's not come to fruition right now, but I guarantee you the God I serve has enough power to come and bring that to fruition. The God I serve has enough dominion to say this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a revival and you and I are going to be part of that. All you've got to do is stay hold of what God has said. Stay on the train. Have the expectation that God is going to move in this generation. Can you say amen in this place? We need to have expectation. Because otherwise, you're just asking out of formality. Not really believing that God can actually do this. Not really believing that God can do what he said he can do. There's a song that says, God, do what you're famous for. I love that because when you read uh, between the pages of the Bible, you see a, a, a power, an almighty God. You know, there's a, um, in, in today we have, unfortunately, we have all sorts of different variations of Christianity. I mean, it, it boggles my mind because we only have one Bible. Or we should have only have one Bible, amen? So we should read the Bible and all come to the same conclusion, but as, unfortunately we don't. Um, and, um, you know, there's a type of uh, Christian, and, you know, the, you know, the theology is great. They, they understand everything. But one of the things they say, they, they're called cessationists. Have anybody heard of that, cessationist? And what they believe is that the power that God has and um, his ability to perform miracles and so on ceased um, when the apostles died. So God used miracles and the power in, in, in you know, the Old Testament in the time where Jesus was here. And then after Jesus, when the apostles were there to start the new church, to confirm the word. But then they believe after the apostles died out, the power of God to do miracles or perform miracles ceased. So their expectations of God doing anything supernatural is zero. Uh, they don't believe that we can speak in tongues. They don't believe that you, could, you should heal, pray and people will be sick. Uh, sorry, the sick shall recover. They don't believe in any of that. Uh, my Bible says in James 5 that we just read, it says, um, uh, is, anybody, is anyone sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, not just so he can wish them well. No, so that he can be revived. The Bible says we should lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Come on, they don't have expectations for that to happen. But listen, I want you and I need you to understand you should have an expectation that when you pray, things will happen. When you pray, things, situations will change. You need to have that expectation because if you don't, then it will just be a sublime kind of Christianity where we just walk and we're just the same as the world. No, we have to have an expectation that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can you say amen in this place? We need to understand he has the power back then and he still has the power today. Come on now. 1 Kings 18, 41, it says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of, a, of the abundance of rain. So this is after the three and a half years now. Elijah hasn't yet prayed for God to send rain. But he said to Ahab, listen, go sort out your business, because rain is coming. 
Sort your life out because rain is coming. And he said that before he prayed, before he prayed to get rain. If you know the story, he went up to pray after that to, uh, and, and things did happen. But before he prayed, he said, people, sort your life out because rain is coming. Listen, when we have the right expectations and we pray to God, we lay it out before God, we should then follow up with some preparation. Say rain is coming. We, if, we, if we truly believe that God is going to do what he said he's going to do, then we must prepare for that. Can you say amen? Listen, and in the house of God, if what God is going to do, all that we expect him to do, then we should prepare for that. We should prepare our hearts to love people because there's people going to walk through these doors that need some love. Can you say amen? We need to prepare to be hospitable to people because there's people that are going to need a word of encouragement when they come through these doors. We should be prepared to preach the word of the gospel so when you're in your home, in your secret place, listen, don't just use the Bible as a coaster. Crack it open. Get to understand the word of God that you can have it inside of you that you can speak words of life to people that don't know the word of God listen I've said it before to some people you're going to be the only Bible that they read your life your experiences is going to be the only word of God that they're going to come into contact with so prepare for that be a student of the Bible can you say amen in this place prepare for what God is going to do prepare for eternity we know that Jesus Christ is coming back one day that is the whole foundation We need to prepare for that and be ready for that. And the reason why I talk about preparation second is because people aren't prepared for that. One of the questions I ask when I go and speak on outreach, when we go to speak to people, uh, is if Jesus Christ was to come back right now, would you be ready? Would you be ready to look Jesus in the eye? Would you be ready to receive Christ? Would you be ready? Or even lesser than that. Well, say you're praying for certain things to happen. You're praying, I don't know, praying for finances. You're praying for, uh, well, let's, let's take finance for example. Would you be ready to bless you? Would, would you be ready for God to bless you? Some of you are like, yeah, of course. Bless me now, Lord. Come on now. No, but I say, would you be ready? Just a simple practical advice. Listen, if you're in debt right now, listen, you're not ready for that. You're not ready because you can't handle the finances that you do have. So how are you going to handle the finances that are like 10 times larger? How's that going to be possible? Prepare yourself. Bring yourself to a place where God can give you. If, listen, if you're faithful in the small things, the Bible says, then the large things should be faithful in. Prepare yourself. People want a promotion. Are you prepared for that? Are you ready for that? What, what books are you reading? And if the book you're reading is YouTube, trust me, that's not a book. Come on now, it's not a book. <laughs> Listen, we're in a generation now, the printed word is dying out. People are just, it's all had to be on screen. Put it on a book, no one wants to hear it. No one's, put it on a, in a video though, okay, I'll, I'll spend. And only like 10 minutes. Anything more than 10 minutes, my attention span is gone. Come on. This generation is funny, man. But are we prepared? We need to be prepared for what we're talking about. Listen, if you're asking God to do something, the next step is to be prepared. So we've got expectation. We've got Preparation. The last one then is Revelation. 1 Kings 18 and verse number 44. This is after Elisha had prayed now. So he was expecting God to move. He prepared. He was telling people to get ready for God to move. Then after he prayed fervently, he prayed as a righteous man. Then came the Revelation, verse number 44. The Bible says, Then it came to pass 
The seventh time, this is, he prayed seven times uh, that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. And this is the part where it will overwhelm some people. We're expecting God to move. We're preparing for God to move. And then God moves. Come on, that's the part we're going for. That's the journey we're heading for. It's the revelation of God. That's the journey, the trajectory we're on, the revelation of God. Listen, I'm not going to be surprised when all that I said at the beginning comes to pass. I'm just going to be joyful that I get to see the revelation of God. I get to see God reveal His power. I'm not going to be shocked. I'm not going to be surprised, but I'm going to be joyful because I get to see God reveal himself before our very eyes. Listen, you need to be prepared for God to reveal himself. Don't be asking God to come down if you're not ready to see him. Can you say amen in this place? Don't be asking God to pour out his spirit if you're not ready to be revealed or see the revelation of God. Because some people can be sweating about what happens. When revival breaks out, some people won't know how to handle that. When revival actually comes, true revival, some people be skeptical. Some people be scared, talking about this is a cult and so on and stuff like that. No, when God moves, listen, let's be joyous that there is a move of God in our midst. Can you say amen in this place? We need expectation. We need to expect that God is going to do something. Let's bring it home. We're coming to the conclusion of our fast. I want us all to have an expectation that God is going to do something we have not seen before. God is going to do a mighty work in this church, in our lives individually, collectively. We're going to see a move of God like never before, like we've only read about in the history books. That should be our expectation. Then we should prepare. Oh, come on, we should prepare. Listen, if we're just half-hearted with what God is doing here, listen, we need to fix up. We need to prepare. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in service. Say, God, what is it you want me to do? I'll minister. All the gifts you've given me, I give them back to you. I want to be in service to you. I want to do what you have called me to do. And then when we're expecting, then when we're prepared, oh, we best get ready to see God reveal himself, to see God show his power before our very eyes. I'm so excited about what God's going to do. Listen, I've said it many times and I'll say it again. I'm not into having church just for the sake of having church. Listen, I haven't got time for that. I'm not into coming Sundays and Wednesdays just to tick off the box. I can say, yes, we met. I can tell the people at home in Derby, yes, we met on Sundays. No, I'm here to see the power of God come to fruition. I'm here to see life changed and transformed. I'm here to see Acts, the book of Acts, being revealed before my very eyes. And if you're not here to see that, listen, there's other churches you can go and attend but right here we're here to see the move of God who else wants to see the move of God here come on now come on now I want us to leave this place excited I want us to leave this place engaged ready for what God is going to do now I don't know when he's going to do it but Lord I know he will do it listen I don't know what's going to happen or or, or, or exactly when it's going to happen but I do know that this is going to happen and I can't wait to be part of the uh, of that revelation and listen when the books are written and they're showing listen I want to be part of that they say I was here serving God when God moved in the city of Hull listen brother 
Brother Ron have said something when he was praying a couple of weeks ago. He says, this place is known as the city of Hull, but we want it to be known as the city of God. Oh man, that stuck with me right now. Revelation, when people drive past Hull, they say, oh yeah, that's the city of God right there. Anything, anyone that passes there, it just comes under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Listen, he's done that before. He can do it again. Can you say amen? Listen, all you've got to do is look back at the history books. God has got to move in. We have to see a move of God. And God will move when, he, when his people will cry out to him. I want to see God move. I want to see supernatural uh, breakthroughs occur and happen. I want to see lives change. Now, my heart, I don't know where it is. My heart uh, has gone out to a few places. I'll share my heart with you um, as I've been praying. There's a prison around here uh, near Preston Road, I believe it is. Um, there's a prison there. Uh, there's multiple colleges here. There's a university right here. Uh, there, there, and there's a, this is a town where people pass through. So it is perfect. It's perfect. Somebody told me uh, the crime rate. I mean, I've, never, I've not seen, I thought, I thought it's quite a safe city. I've been here almost a year now. I think it's great. But people told me about the crime rate. It's very um, high in, in the HU3 area. Uh, it's quite high, apparently. Uh, well, how many believe the, the, the gospel can impact the crime rate? Come on, I'm thinking big. I'm thinking big. I'm saying, listen, get statistics now. After God moves, let's look, have a look at those statistics again. Come on, let's impact. Come on. We're here to impact. Crime rates can go down. Listen, they say, they say um, uh, there's a lot of cohabitation now. People don't get married anymore in this day and age. They're saying, uh, uh, you know, people just like to just, uh, just, just have their options open. Come on now. They just like to just uh, live around and stuff like that. The, uh, the rate of people getting married is lowering, is lowering. Listen, the gospel can impact that too. Can you say amen? People can rise up and say, no, I want to commit. I want to love my wife just as Jesus Christ loved the church and gave his love. Listen, the gospel can impact that too. Abortion rates. I mean, the, 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 the thing can go on and on and on. The gospel of Jesus Christ can have an impact. Jesus said that we are to be like the salt. How many know you can just take a little pinch of salt and put it in a whole plate of food? You can taste that salt. We should be like a light. You, listen, a dark room, even a small match, you can see that from far. That's the impact that, we, that you and I have. Church, I want us to grasp this. This hasn't been a normal, usual type of sermon. And forgive me for that. But listen, my heart was it for today. I want us to grasp the power that we have when we call upon the God of gods, the King of kings, the creator of the universe. I want us to have the expectation. The Bible says Elijah was just like you and I. And he was able to do that. What can we do? What do you expect what do you expect? Church, I want to spend some time praying. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. What do you expect?